Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. It is our prayer that this message brings hope and encouragement into your life as you go about your week. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many know that the Holy Spirit, that Jesus has been exalted in the heavenlies? He's at the right hand of the Father, amen? And because that happened... Jesus looked at the Father and he said, all right, I'm exalted at the right hand of the Father. And he, at the right hand of the Father. And Jesus looked at the Father and he said, now you promised the outpouring of the Holy Spirit after that happened. So when Jesus sat down, the outpouring came. Amen? Amen. How many know because of the cross that the power of sin has been canceled in my life? Amen? Amen. How many know that because of the blood of Jesus... All of my sins are forgiven. Amen? Amen. How many know that as Jesus, because Jesus rose from the dead, that we rise up in newness of life? Amen? How many know that we can have life in this mortal body? Amen? We're not waiting to get to heaven, but we're enjoying abundant life now. Amen? Praise God. How many know because Jesus is at the right hand of the Father that we're seated with him in heavenly places? Amen? Amen. That means far above principality, far above power, far above dominion. Amen. How many think that your troubles and your principalities and your uh, uh, situations are above you? The scripture says that we're seated with Christ above those things. Amen. Amen. And because Christ is exalted, hallelujah, we have the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you today, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that there will be a hungry heart here today. Is there a hungry heart here today? Is there a hungry heart here today? Lord, I pray that there will be a hungry heart. Lord, I pray today that you will bring a spirit of wisdom and a spirit of revelation. Amen. Right now, say, Lord, give me. Give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Say, open up my understanding today because I want more of you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. What lies at the heart of all our experiences is the vitalizing power for effective life and service to the Lord is the personal presence and ministry of the Holy Spirit within us. Amen. And, and something that you need to uh, clarify and make a distinction in. When you're born again, the Spirit of God fills your heart. And, and remember last week how we talked about how, how God filled the temple in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, he says, heaven is my home. The, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you built for me? When you said, I do, somebody say, I said, I do to Jesus. At that point, your temple, the Holy Spirit filled your temple. And remember in the Old Testament, only one person got to see and, and experience God like that one time a year. But now that veil has been broken and ripped from the top to the bottom when Jesus said it is finished. That it, it, it ripped from the top to the bottom and, and that signifies our heart to where now there's no partition. There's nothing separating us from God. The only thing that separates you from God is a lack of understanding. And a lack of awareness. There are people here today that some of you live victorious, overcoming lives while other people don't. 
And the issue isn't that some of you are filled with the Holy Spirit and some of you aren't. That's not the issue. The issue is that some of you realize, know, and you are aware of, and you understand that the Holy Spirit lives in you. Amen? While others don't have an, an, an understanding of that, so we walk around weak, and we walk around not being able to walk in the victory that God called us to be. And brothers and sisters, it's because of a lack of understanding. So if, you'll, if, if you will have an understanding that God's spirit dwells in you. Man, man Paul talked about that we have a treasure in, earth, in this earthen vessel. How many know and have you realized and have you discovered that treasure that's inside of you? When we discover that treasure inside of you, it's the difference between walking through life with $10 in your pocket and walking through life with billions of dollars in your pocket. When you walk through life with billions of dollars in your pocket, there's no fear and there's no dread and there's no worry about what's coming because you know what's in your pocket. When you walk through life and you know what you have in, in, in your pocket, if there's billions of dollars in your pocket, and, and you know that the situation and the problems and, and the circumstances that you might be facing with your business or your personal life or your marriage life, well, if you walk through knowing that you hold within inside of you a precious treasure, how many knows that it makes you walk a little differently? It makes you feel a little differently about things. Lord, open up our understanding and realize that Christ Almighty, the Holy Spirit, is within us. Brothers and sisters, there's a distinction I want you to make because we're tapping into it a little bit, but we're not tapping into it on a consistent basis. When I was in Wyoming, um, I was a part of the seventh fastest growing church in the nation in the Assemblies of God. We saw an outpouring of the Spirit that was unbelievable. Uh, I saw a guy in a wheelchair that, that, that uh, his bone literally grew seven inches in his back to where the newscast was there the next Sunday night seeing what happened. I saw 462 souls get saved with cards to where we took them through class and saw them baptized and go on with the Lord. I saw an outpouring of the Spirit. I, I used to lead worship there, and I remember the minute worship would start, I would take my eyes off the people, and I'd stick my eyes up in the lights and find a good light that would just blind me. That would just blind me. In fact, I'm blinded right now when I look at that. When you get in worship, you need to get blinded by the light to where you don't notice anybody standing around you, to where you're not uh, thinking about how the music sounds and if they're doing the song you like or, or if it's too loud or too soft. You, you get in the zone. That, that's all stuff we need to get behind us, and we need to get in the zone of God Almighty and worshiping Him. But when you shut everything out, and there becomes a... a, a, a when we were singing that, that song, One Desire... Spirit come, spirit come. When, when we were saying, is that, is that a one desire or is that just my desire? Is that, who shares in the desire that we want to see an outpouring of the spirit? Amen. It, it, that has to be a one desire. That's what's talking about. That's why the Bible says at the day of Pentecost, they were in the upper room and it says that they were in one accord. They were in one place and they were in one accord. So if we're going to have that outpouring of the Spirit, there has to be a oneness of desire. There has to be a shutting out 
of your wife and your husband and the people around you. And there has to be a shutting in of the Lord. When there's a time of prayer, I, I, I'll tell you what, we got to get past the prayers of empty hands on empty heads. We got to get past this mumbling. Uh, uh, you, you know, even in the Bible, when, when, the, when the man came to Elisha and, and they were want, the king came to Elisha and they were wanting to have a word, a prophetic word about what was going to happen with Israel. Um, Elisha said, what's in your hand? And, and, he, and he took what is in his hand and he said, tap it. He said, tap what's in your hand. And this guy took what was in his hand and he just kind of went, tap, 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 tap. Oh, I'm so tired today. I don't even know if I can lift the arrows. Tap, tap, tap. Oh my gosh, get out of the rut. Get out of the rut. How many times we come to church and there's just a tap, tap, tap. We're doing our ritual and we're doing our thing. Or, and, the, and the prophet said, because of your heart and your laziness of your heart and you're not, your, your, your desire's not there and your passion's not there, you, you won't have but that much of what God wants to give you. Brothers and sisters, even today, I can sense in the, in the audience and I can sense in the body that a lot of times people come to church and it's just a tap, 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 tap. Is there a desire for an outpouring of the Spirit? Is there a one heart and a one desire that we want to penetrate and we want to touch this community and we want to see an outpouring? I'll tell you what, brothers and sisters, it's an outpouring of the Spirit is what people need. It's an outpouring of the Spirit in the children's church is what people need. It's an outpouring of the Spirit in the student ministry is what people need. There needs to be an encounter with God Almighty and men and women and that is what every city and every nation needs is an encounter with the Lord. And brothers and sisters, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's, it's what do you want? It's what do you want? These little blah, blah prayers and these little blowing bubbles and not even in tune, and it won't, it won't cut it. There has to be a want inside of people. That there has to be a, and man, when, 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 when I charge the line as, as the leader, you, you, a good leader will catch the pulse of his army and say, are they going to run with me? Because I can't get out there sitting by myself with just a few. And I ask, are we going to run to the battle? Are we going to want an outpouring of the Spirit? Is there going to be a hunger for prayer in the house? Brothers and sisters, the two distinctions I want to, that I've really tried to clarify, the two distinctions is there is a difference between the spirit upon or the outpouring and the spirit within or the spirit indwelling. When you get born again, the Holy Spirit seals you. He like says, hey, first of all, we'll get into that in a little bit. I'll tell you how he helps us. But the Holy Spirit comes, comes in you and he seals you and he helps you make it and you're going to make it to heaven. But brothers and sisters... We need the outpouring of the Spirit in services. When it talks about an outpouring of the Spirit, it's, it, it's talking about when people gathered together. When people came into one place and they began to worship and they began to hunger for God. 
It's not something that you do at home or you do by yourself. That is, you do do things at home and you do it by yourself. But when we come into the gathering, when there's a gathering, there's a different dynamic and there's a different feeling in the air. We come together and we cry out for an outpouring. Brothers and sisters, we can experience a tangible outpouring of the Spirit. Last week, I carried around a cassette tape with me for years of um, somebody that had that was in an amazing service of the outpouring of the Spirit, and they pushed, how many remember the old tape players where you push record and play at the same time? Amen. They pushed record and play, and, and it was a small gathering, and it sounded like there were thousands of people there. You could hear, uh, you could hear more voices than just the voices of human beings worshiping the Lord. And, and, and the other day, uh, last Sunday, last Sunday, um, I, I, I went, as far as ever here experiencing that, even in Wyoming, we, I experienced it, but as far as experiencing it to the level of that tape, I had not until last Sunday. Last Sunday, the only no, way I know how to do it, some of you missed it, if you, if you didn't even know that, I'm praying for you. Seriously. If you didn't even know it, I'm praying for you. There was an outpouring. The only way I can describe it is a vibration and a buzz. And, 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 it's, and it's like there's an echo in the room. It's almost like you take frequencies aren't, that aren't there and you just go, ooh, there's just a buzz and you're, Hearing, you're hearing people crying out, and, and I could hear people crying out around me, and I could, I could, and guys, it was not, it was not, um, it was not done by human beings last week. If you remember, the music went down to nothing, and I remember Josh just started waiting, and then all of a sudden it just went. Everybody started entering in, entering in, entering in. Entered in more, and it was a, a move of the Spirit. Guys, my phone and my emails has been exploding all week of people that said they experienced God in our service last week. That they experienced Him in a way that they never had. I like Scripture when I'm thinking of something. I like Scripture. Do you know when the Bible says that God said, let, let us, where, where God said uh, to create the heaven and the earth, when they were creating the heaven and the earth, and it said this, it said, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep. I saw Dave in here one time, I'll never forget when he taught on that. When he taught on that, he, he said that it's almost like the Holy Spirit goes like, goes like this, and it's a fluttering. It's a fluttering of energy. It's a fluttering causing every, everything in the air, every molecule, every, I don't know scientific terms, but it, it, it wakes up everything and, and things start to move and atmospheres get created and things start changing as the Holy Spirit just sits there and goes, Ooh. brothers and sisters, you can experience an energizing just like there is an energizing that created the heavens and the earth. There can be an energizing Holy Spirit move in your heart that'll change you, that'll set you apart, that'll move you, that'll stimulate you. It's real. But there's a difference, guys. 
There's a difference between the outpouring of the Spirit and the Spirit within. Okay. The promise, I, I've been talking about the Holy Spirit within last week. I'm going to talk about it a little bit this week. If you wondered how much God loves you, read Romans 5.5. 5. For we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Now, look at this next scripture in Romans 8 9. It says this. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. Is anybody out there you feel like you're controlled by your sinful nature? It says you're not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled by the Spirit. When I was driving to the church today, I kept feeling the Lord say, God, I was saying, Lord, what do you want to, what do you want to say in this service? The biggest thing he said Guys, is we've got to get where we, ha- where we yield control of all of our life to the Holy Spirit and not our flesh. Some of us are not used to it. You're not aware of it. You, you haven't understood that the Holy Spirit's living within you. you. You're not used to that. It's new to you. So the only way you can get used to something that's new to you is be cognizant of it, to be aware of it, and to, be, and to be open to the Spirit and, and thinking about the Spirit and pondering these things that I'm talking about uh, to where it's not just something we think about on a Sunday morning. It's something we're thinking about on a 24-7 basis. Are you all with me? When you're waking up at night, you're thinking the Holy Spirit's with me. When I'm driving down the road, I'm thinking the Holy Spirit's with me. When I'm going into a difficult situation, I realize the precious treasure that's inside of me that I'm ready to tackle anything. Are you all with me? So, 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 we, we, oh, that we could, if we could realize this. The Holy Spirit, here's our first point, is here to help you. He's your helper. Look at John 14, 16 through 17. It says, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another, everybody say helper. Amen. That he may abide, look, that he may abide with you. And the key is that we are abiding with him. Anybody out there say amen. Amen. That he abides with you and you're abiding with him forever. The spirit of truth of the world cannot receive because it neither sees him. Listen, listen. It says the world cannot receive that. You know, there's a lot of people here that that you've not, you don't know about this teaching. I mean, is there a difference of, of people of the world and people of the church because the world can't see it and the world doesn't even know it. I'm asking you today, are you of the world or are you of the Spirit? Can you see it and do you know it? Do you know Him? For He dwells with you and will be in you. Okay? Now look at John 14, 25. These things I spoke to you while being present with you, but the, everybody say it, Second time this word is used. This word is parakletos. It's only used five times in the New Testament. Usually it's hagias uh, pneuma, which means Holy Spirit. When you hear about the Holy Spirit, it's usually hagias pneuma in the Greek. But parakletos is only five times in the Greek, and we're going to see it here four times. Uh, And then uh, it says when this helper comes, here's what he's going to do this time. He'll teach you all things, and he'll bring to remembrance things that he said. Look at John 15, 26, third one. But when the, everybody say the helper. The helper comes, who I shall send from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. He will testify of me. Look at John 16, 7. 
Nevertheless, I tell you the truth that it's to your advantage or it's better for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the what? The helper will not come to you. I'm telling you the Holy Spirit is here to help you. He's your helper on a day-to-day basis. So we see those four times. Uh, uh, so so as we, we see that, when you look up the word helper in the Greek, here's four words it means. So this helper is with you. Everybody say, the Holy Spirit's here to help me. Here's how he helps you. Here's how he helps you one way. Advocate. Advocate. Write that down on your notes. Advocate is one who pleads the cause of another. One who defends or maintains a cause or or a proposal. The Holy Spirit is an advocate that makes it, helps you make it in this life. He's one who supports or promotes the interest of the cause in your life and who you are as a person. He supports and promotes, promotes Brian's interest in being a Christian. Somebody say, thank you. I need that. I need that support. I need that advocate. When my, when my conscience condemns me, and when, and when the enemy's accusing me, and when my conscience is accusing me, and when people around me are accusing me, I have an advocate that stands up on my behalf and he takes care of me, and he supports my cause in what I'm about. He's a comforter. Anybody ever need comfort? One that gives comfort. One that gives comfort, Jamie. Uh, A thick bed of covering made of two layers uh, and a cloth containing filling is what I think about with a comforter. And there's times that my grandma... When she passed away, she made us all comforters out of all of our aunt, great aunt and uncle's dresses. She cut them up and made us comforters. There's times, even as a grown man, I'll grab that comforter and I'll wrap it around me. Do we not know that there's a comforter that lives with inside of that helper? He's an encourager. That means to inspire with courage, spirit, or hurt, or, or hope to hearten. Does anybody ever struggle with desire? Does anybody, or you guys wake up seven days a week just pumped up for God? Whew, how you do that? Uh, the Holy Spirit inspires. He gives you desire and courage and spirit and hope. He enheartens you. He, 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 he persuades you. He encourages you. He urges you. Uh, he picks you up and says, try it again. He spurs you on. It's like it's proven two lift weights better than one. The other day, I, I thought I could only uh, lift a certain amount of weights three times, and I got a spotter, and I pushed it seven times, and probably could have got three more because they're spurring you on, and they're inspiring you, and they're pushing you. He's a counselor. Anybody ever need counsel? Anybody ever need advice? Anybody need, ever need direction and wisdom, a plan? Guys, please, please on this sermon. We hear about all that he is. And we hear about that he dwells in us. But you can know about that till he comes. I want to experience that. I don't want to just know it. I I, I want to be able to stop and get a word of wisdom. I want to be able to, I want to make, I want to practice. Anybody out here? I want to start practicing instead of using my own human wisdom. And instead of using my own thoughts. And instead of my first thing is getting on the phone and calling somebody. 
I want to learn to pause and call upon the counselor, the advocate, the comforter, the encourager. I want to call on him first. Brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm telling you, we're missing it. I'm missing it as a pastor. I'm missing it, and this series is helping me because I, I want to, my focus, we're going to be about six, probably six more weeks on this. My focus is at the end of this sermon series about the Holy Spirit, I'm going to be tuned in. I'm going to be plugged in. There's going to be a river flowing out of me. There's going to be a conversation that's happening with the Holy Spirit as much as conversation that happens with human beings. There's got to be, man, we've got to tap into the treasure that's in us. Is anybody getting us today? There's a, there's a treasure inside us. He's here to help us. You know, John 16, 8 through 9 in the New King James, here's three ways the Holy Spirit's here to help us. And when he comes, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment and of sin. Okay, there's a right and a wrong way. Uh, there, there's a right and a wrong way that people have heard that preached. Some people will tell you that this scripture's teaching you this. That the Holy Spirit's here to do this. To do this. You're a dirty, rotten sinner. You're not living right with God. And, the Holy, and, and God's just about to get you. You're a sinner. You're not doing anything right. And if you don't straighten up, God's going to get you. Judgment's coming to you, buddy. That is not what that scripture means. And, and shame for shame for shame for shame if you teach it or think of it that way. Get liberated by truth today. This means when the Holy Spirit was released, there's something called the sanctifying work of the Spirit. And what that is is the Holy Spirit sanctifies you or draws you to God. He, he like, in Acts chapter 2, when, when, when uh, Peter got up and preached and he said in verse 36 that Jesus, that you crucified Lord and Messiah, uh, after Peter's words, it says this, Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said unto him, what do we got to do to get saved? So, so, so the work of the Spirit to the world is convincing us that we need to get saved. How many remember when the Holy Spirit did that to you? The second thing it does is the, is the Holy Spirit, he's here to get people to say, you need, you need to get right with God. That is something to the world. But not the, it's not the believer, it's to the world. Second way the Holy Spirit helps me is he convicts me of righteousness. Notice it says he convicts me of righteousness, not, righteousness, not righteous living. It says because I go to the Father. Righteous means Righteous means this, right standing with God. Don't say the Holy Spirit's going to convict us of right living. Obviously, listen, obviously I believe in righteous living, but that's not what it's talking about here. It's talking about not talking about right living, it's talking about right standing. And I believe that right standing leads to right living. I believe that right standing leads to right living notice it says of righteousness because i go to the father because jesus has gone to the father when you believe in him when you believe in jesus the holy spirit is here saying the righteous the righteous requirements of the law have been fulfilled 
He's here saying that, that you are right with God. It's paid in full. It's taken care of. There's no condemnation. So the Holy Spirit is here telling you that you are right with God. I love this scripture in 2 Corinthians 5, 21. It says, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we may be made right with God through Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit's telling you that. And the third thing the Holy Spirit's telling you when it says he convicts me of judgment, of judgment because this, the prince of this ruler of this world is judged. Look at John 12, 31. I want to tell you two scriptures here. John 12, 31 says this. Now is judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Who is the ruler of this world? Anybody out here? Who's the ruler? Jesus said now the ruler of this world has been cast out. I also love John. I also love John uh, chapter 14 verse 30. When Jesus said this, I'm not going to talk to you much longer for the ruler of this world. Who's the ruler of this world? The ruler of this world, Satan, uh, the ruler of this world is coming. But Christ said this, he has nothing in me. Okay? So, the, so what we see here is the ruler of this world, Jesus said this, judgment has come to the ruler of this world and he's been cast out. And Jesus said, because he's been cast out, he has nothing in me. Brothers and sisters, because you are in Christ, when it says that judgment has come, that is the Holy Spirit inside of you saying, hold on a minute. Hold the phone. The Holy Spirit is, is saying to you, now the ruler of this world is cast out of you. Now the ruler of this world, he has nothing in you. He is dethroned. He has been overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. That's the Holy Spirit helping us know that the prince of this world has been judged. And he's got nothing in us. So the Holy Spirit helps us in those three ways. Here's another way the Holy Spirit helps you. The Holy Spirit, notice it said in those scriptures that he guides you and leads you into all truth. He's all-knowing. All the thoughts, answers, intelligence, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, purposes, he's all-knowing. When we talk about IQ, IQ is a measurement of intelligence and reasoning ability. Uh, most people are in about 100 on IQ. 70% of people have about 100 on IQ. Um, normal intelligence, IQ is between 85 and 115. Then mildly gifting are 115 to 130. And then 131 to 145, you get into the highly gifted IQ people. And then Einstein. What do you think Einstein's IQ was? Einstein's IQ was 209. What is God's IQ? God has intelligence, but he doesn't have an IQ. Because God's intelligence and reasoning ability cannot be measured. It's unmeasurable. He isn't the IQ. He's the I am. Amen. He knows everything. He's the omniscient. He's the all-knowing God. He knows everything. Well, here's the cool thing. This God that knows everything about everything and knows all, all about all, Tell your neighbor, look at your neighbor and say, he lives in me. He, he lives in me. 
He, he's my teacher. How, how many of you have been to school? How many of you go to school every day? Man, we're still in school. It's called the school of the Holy Ghost. The all-knowing God. Guys, this is one, this scripture came to me when I was about 23 years old. I want it to pop up on the screen, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. And I'm, I, I pray that this scripture will change your life like it did mine. And, and we're, we're, this scripture changed my life. I want everybody to see it on the screen. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. And I'm going to be reading out of NLT. Are you guys in NLT up there? Okay. 1 Corinthians, it says this. It says this. No eye has seen, nor, nor no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined. Are we in the same one? Yes, we are. All right, now, let's concentrate. Let's really concentrate here. No eye has seen. No, no ear has heard. No, and no mind can imagine what God has prepared. Did you all get that one? Okay. For those who... Is that you or not? Is that you or not? Only you can answer that. So if you love him, you haven't even seen, you haven't even heard, you haven't even began to understand all that God has. Does prepared mean that he's prepared it? Does it mean it's ready? Uh, when, when mama says, supper's ready, does that mean it's prepared? Amen. It's already prepared. The table's laid. The food's hot. It's it's there. It's there. But it was to to us. Listen, people say God's no respecter of persons. This thought's kind of hit me. But there, there is respect to person, but it's not on the God side. It's on our side of things. You know, in Hebrews chapter 4, it talks about, it said, man, I fear less preaching that people are going to fall short of the message that they're hearing. Paul, Paul stood up here just like, like I, uh, the way I stand in this pulpit, sometimes when I preach, I'm like, oh man, I'm so afraid that, that the people aren't going to get it today. And, and, the, and if they get it, I'm so afraid that they won't practice it or act on it. And then we'll just come back and do again. And then 10 years down the line, we're still doing it again. That's something that bothers me as a pastor, and I, I don't ever want that to happen at Church on the Rock. But, 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 but Hebrews 4, and said, man, I fear having preached that you've got to take preaching, and there has to be an understanding or a revelation first, and then there has to be some desire in you, a little bit of desire to where you pursue it. You pursue it with action. Receiving promises is like J.B. Wells. Does anybody know what J.B. Weld is? J.B. Weld, you have to squirt two, two things. You squirt a little bit out of this one, and you squirt a little bit out of this one like toothpaste. And then you take a stick. If you try to stick something with just that tube or that tube, it doesn't stick. But you have to mix it together. And when you mix it together, it sticks. Brothers and sisters, when you hear the word preached and understanding and wisdom comes, then you have to mix it with faith. 
to have the to experience the promise. I believe that we oh we got to mix this this sermon with with with, with faith. So 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 there is a a respect of persons you might say. There are some receiving and some not receiving. But is it my question is it on God's side or is it on our side of things? Let's be honest. Because this for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things. It was to us. How many want to be an us? It was to us that God revealed these things. And how does he do it? Say it out loud. All right. Say it again. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us. God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. Do I need to explain what that means? No. No one can know God's thoughts except what? God's own spirit. You know what I'm thinking right now, Gary? Hey. You know what I'm thinking? I don't know what you're thinking either. You, you all know what I'm, I don't know what you're thinking. But who does know what we're thinking is our everybody's own spirit. And I'll tell you what, there is a way you can know what people are thinking. It's called word of knowledge. But we'll get on that another day. But, but, but so, so we don't know what God's thinking. We don't know what God's saying. We don't know what God's teaching. That's why you come and you hear teaching and you hear preaching. But what we, we don't know that. But, but it goes on to say, um, except God's own. And we have received God's spirit. Does that excite anyone? Not the world's spirit. So we can know. We can know these wonderful things. God has freely given us when we tell you these things listen to this when we tell you if if you ever get in boredom where your eyes just glaze over we tell you these things we do not use words that come from human wisdom instead we speak words given to us by the spirit using spirits words And guys, I want to tell you something that is a constant temptation to me. Is sometimes I listen to other pulpits and I listen to other pastors and I think, man, I'm really different. And and it makes me want to change and start doing, not that it's bad, but I'll hear God say, I'm not telling you to preach the message they're preaching. I'm telling you to preach the message that you're preaching. But, 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 I mean, I meet with people that are these churches of today that are, that are relevant and, 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 and their churches grow, grow fast. But then I'd hear this Holy Spirit saying, no, I want you to do it like I'm telling you to do it. But, but there's a constant, there's that constant, I, I mean, when I listen to a lot of, they don't, a lot of ch- churches don't get down to the raw word and, and, and get down to the, the nitty gritty. They, 
And, and there's, there's something in me sometimes that, that wants to conform and, and do that other way. But I don't think we're supposed to do that. And today, this week when I was reading that, I was thinking, we don't use words that come from human's wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit. I still believe in outpouring of the Spirit. And, and, and you hear all these things about uh, having good success and, and, and building blocks from, for this. Maybe those things need to be done in small groups or something. I don't know. But from the pulpit, I still want to just put the Word up and teach what the Word says. Because I want to speak words given to us by Spirit. Because I, I, and I'm not saying that people aren't speaking words given, given them by the Spirit. I don't really know uh, why I'm even getting on that. I, I, I guess being transparent. But I, I do believe that we're in the end times. And I believe it's going to take something different than the norm, what we call norm in church today. And so I'm stepping out with believing for some of this other stuff. I, I, I'm stepping out and believing that there will be a manifest presence of God in our services. I'm stepping out and believing that we, can, that we can lay hands on Terry and say, Cancer, we tell you to die in Jesus' name. I, I, I still, months back when three people were being delivered of demons and they were screaming out in service, I want screams in Church on the Rock. I, I, I want there to be screams. Of, we weren't trying to make that happen. I, I want to lift up hands and, and, and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that your, at, your spirit fill this atmosphere. And if there are demons in people, I don't want them to be able to set in church with demons in them. I, I want it to cry out. And then I want to people, as we did that day, I say, hey, guys, don't freak out. This is what's going on. Um, blah, blah, blah. And then we saw that there was a calmness. And we saw a supernatural miracle in these three people. And then one comes and jumps at the stage and we twirl like this in excitement. And this person's life is turned upside down and has been baptized. And it's like something you read straight out of the Bible. And you know what? I, only, I, I want to tell you that, that one thing, here's what I did do. Is that Sunday... I went to Amanda on Monday. Well, first I watched. And I didn't see visitors running out the back door. And I think it's because we were talking about order. Okay? But then the next thing I did is I went to Amanda and I said, Amanda, how many visitor cards did we have? Because they turned them in afterwards. We had seven that day. We're sitting here worried that we're going to scare or offend, or this, that, and the other. No, we need to want a move of God and trust Him. He is, the Holy Spirit is the most seeker-friendly that there is. But, 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 but anyway, that says, but, but the Spirit's words. But for human wisdom, instead of we speak words given us by the Spirit, using Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who, look at this, 
But people who aren't spiritual, people who aren't spiritual can't receive truth from God's Spirit. You all see that? It all sounds foolish to them. And they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spirit can evaluate all things. But they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach Him? But we can understand these things because we have the mind of Christ. Brothers and sisters, I'm closing with this this week. As I want you to read 1 Kings 19, 11 through 12. 1 Kings 19, 11 through 12. And I want you to read 1 Samuel chapter 3. But guys, here's, here's what I want us to practice this week. All I wanted to do today is, is get people cognizant of what's inside of them. Every head bowed, eyes closed. Father, For more information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. Thanks again for tuning in.